Let's all say it. The word of God is truth. It's truth. If I live the word, if I live the word, I will be blessed. I will be blessed. And if I don't, and if I don't, I won't. I won't. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor it's just that simple. For all you visitors that are with us, we believe in this church, as all churches should believe, that if you live the word of God, all of the blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. And that if you occasionally miss it, you repent, get back up again and move on, and all of the blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. You ever miss it? No, but the last thing I said to you tonight before you went out to come in here was try not to act up. Did you say? you've already done it. W- listen, I said, <laughs> I, said, I said, did you ever miss it? And you said no. Oh, oh, I do miss it. You oh, misunderstood. Yes. I misunderstood. I've got a whole list I of did, yeah. areas where you've missed it. I have missed it several times. Hallelujah. The Hassets, are they in here? Uh, Mark was they're, in here, but he okay, went Okay, they, they left. Okay, they, they have the class on joy that was Monday nights, is that it's right? It's on marriage, actually. Laugh yeah. your way to it. Their attendance was down Monday. Oh, was it? Yeah, you know what they told It was on sex. Oh. <laughs> the joy of sex. Oh, and people yeah. didn't come. How many of you were here for that class? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I think he's going to be in his office. <laughs> well, time out that's what station they, that's in about what a minute. They, no, no, they, that's what they told me. Oh, okay. I, I was just repeating. Oh, okay. Now, this is the longest title of any message I've ever had. And I kept getting this, and I said, God, are you sure that's yours? This part of me in here. But I, but I felt it was the Lord. Now, n- number one, this is Living the Word, uh, the third session that we've given. And uh, the, the, the title tonight is... Discipline to rest in the power of God's word during the process. So how many of you are here on the right night? (laughs) Discipline to rest during the process of the power of God's word working. How many of you here tonight, you believe that the word of God is truth and that the word of God will do whatever he says to you and through his word that he says? Good. Looks like we're all on the same page. How many of you are here and you would say the Word of God does not work quite as fast as you would like for it to? (laughs) We got the right group tonight. Is that right? But we're not going to speed up the process. The process is a process. And I don't know why it doesn't happen the way we think it in the realm of the Spirit. It has happened. But in the natural manifestation of it coming from the spirit into the natural, there seems to be a little bit of a gap sometimes that it just doesn't happen quite as quickly as, as we think that it should. Go ahead. Well, I just think God is a big picture God. And he gives the big picture. And then we're excited about the big picture. I can remember when God told us to come back here and start this church and how excited we were, you know, to come and and have this church and we were in the lower level of a bank building and and pastor bill goes up there now we're used to a congregation of about six thousand and uh, we're used to uh bible school that we were over being about three four hundred people and so i'll never forget one sunday he said to me just doesn't seem like there's very many people coming here and i thought well in comparison everybody say in comparison to what we were used to it was you know, it was a tremendous 
seem like a lot less. And sometimes it's hard to rest in those places because you've seen the big picture. Everybody say the big picture. Because God always gives a big picture to cause your faith to be stirred up to go after that thing that he's saying. However, you know, we've been here 25 years and some of the things that we saw way back then still are coming to pass. We haven't seen all of it yet. But we can't, we have to live the process. We can't just bemoan the process we have to live in that process in the victory that god calls us to live and part of that is resting in what god has said and i think that's what we're talking about tonight how many of you could do a better job of being at rest and how many of you are not even sure what that means it doesn't mean just lay down on the pillow and go to sleep and we're going to talk about that tonight because all of us are going to live 24 hours a day every day until the time ends and we go to be with Jesus. We're going to live seven days a week. That's 168 hours. You can live it at rest or you can live it with concern, anxiety, worry. uh, Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? How many of you have come to the realization that you end up as the final authority to focus your mind? Now, the devil influences you. The world influences you. God is trying to influence you through the Holy Spirit, through his spirit. But you are the ultimate source who decides what you focus on. And sometimes in my life, I will find out that I am focusing on something that is really draining my battery. And that if I don't change my focus, I'm going to continue to go that direction But I have the ability to rest knowing that God's going to take care of something. The only thing that really causes me to come out of that rest is trying to figure out something that I don't know how to figure out to fix. Does that make sense? In other words, if I knew how to fix it, I would have already fixed it because God has given us those qualities. But there are things that all of us face. It's beyond our control. Let me see your hands, all of you that says, I've got something out of my control, but not out of God's control to fix. Now, if you try to get in there and fix it for God or help God, you probably are going to enter into anything but rest. Because God hasn't shown you what to do, so therefore there's nothing for you to do but rest in the midst of the situation that isn't going right. And Jesus said something that is so powerful in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Talking about your mind. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And honey, I've learned this the hard way over the years. Uh, I've tried to figure things out for God. I've tried to help God. God does not need my help. God does not need me to figure anything. He just needs me to be obedient to do what he tells me to do. And if I do that, I'm okay. I may not be pleasing to other people because a lot of people want you to fix their problems. Let me see the hands of all the people. You got somebody, they want you to fix their problems. And you can't fix their problems because possibly they are the problem. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. We, we, we just can't please people. But if we do what God t- tells us to do, that's enough. Well, we can't hurry up God. How many of you have ever wished you could hurry up, hurry up God? But we can't hurry up the process because the timing of God has more to do with uh, many things not just us. I mean, it's, we're not the only person in this puzzle. 
and so that God, you know, is putting together. How many of you have ever done one of those puzzles with lots of pieces? You know, uh, my daughter and her husband, they do that on breaks, and they have them on their kitchen table. So whenever I go over there, you know, we'll sit around and try to put that puzzle together while we're talking. And all those pieces look so similar that pretty soon, you know, you're like, I don't even know which piece to put where. I don't know how God figures out what to do with all of us. But he does see all things, and he knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's, he's just he's aware of everything, and his timing is perfect for everyone. God is a win-win God. Like, he's not going to do for me what I want done, hurry up, if it's going to affect somebody else in a way that they're not ready for. Does that make sense? And uh, so we want to hurry him up. And, and I felt like God gave me the scripture to, to, for this message. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. That's what we talked about last week. Pressure, oppression, stress, anguish, adversity, afflictions, cr- crushing, squashing, squeezing. I think that's pretty descriptive of what it can feel like sometimes when we're facing situations and we can't hurry up God. But he says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Then it says in 1715, I do not pray. He's talking to his father that you take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. You know, when we try to hurry up God, oftentimes we get the devil involved. I mean, we, we get him involved because we're not really trusting God to take care of it. So we're trying to hurry up the process. And as we hurry it up, we actually get the devil involved in the situation instead of having the peace of God in the middle of that or the rest that God wants us to have. So we're not going to get delivered out of everything. Turn your neighbor and say, I I will have to walk through things. And part of that is walking through and rest. It is not a vacation. How many of you have ever gone on vacation and come back and it's still there? Only sometimes there's more of it. Uh, Or take a vacation in the spirit and not cover something. And then when you do start covering it again, you find out, wow, I lost ground during that situation. If we're in rest, then we're always going to be in that place where Jesus wanted us to be as an overcomer of the world. So if you take a vacation and it's still there when you come back, you should take a longer vacation. (laughs) Well, (laughs) some people just quit. (laughs) Here's an overview of the series that we're working on. The first one we talked about, when Jesus was confronted by the devil, he said, it is written. Man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's how people get in trouble. That's how churches get in trouble. That's how nations get in trouble. They start to deviate and pull away from what does the word of God say, written and current manna of the Holy Spirit. And then we talked about how the word is a seed that we sow and that every word of God, if if you sow a seed, farmers are sowing seeds now all over this area. Those seeds are not going to come up tomorrow morning if they're sown yesterday. They're going to take some time and then they're eventually going to come in the time frame that God obviously has set for for, uh, uh, seeds and then for seasons. And it's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. So what we have to do then is realize that every word that we speak is going to be a seed that is going to go forth to produce. But we need to live it. We need to speak it. We need to meditate it. And then we will eventually see that word come forth after its own kind. If you plant corn, you're going to get corn. 
If you plant beans, you're going to get beans. If you plant spiritually the Word of God, you are going to get the manifestation eventually of the Word of God. And tonight we're talking about rest. In other words, resting in what God said, and that settles the issue. Matter of fact, I saw a bumper sticker one time. God said it. That settles the issue. Don't have to defend it. Don't have to explain it. You just have to plant it everywhere you go as the seed, whether people want it or not. And that when we enter into that rest... It is a supernatural thing that comes upon us. And tonight we're going to talk about how the children of God, for all of the blessings that God wanted to give them in the land, missed it because they would not enter into God's rest. They had heard the word. They had spoken even the word, but they decided not to live the word. And when we, every time with our confession here, God dropped that in my spirit many, many years ago, that if I live the word, I will be blessed. And if I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. That we, that is not in the hearing of the word. It's not in the writing of the word. It's truly not even if you speak the word only, you have to live the word. Because if you speak something that you don't believe and you're not going to follow, then you will negate what God wants to do in your life. So tell your neighbor, I'm called to live the Word of God. I'm called to live the Word of God. And it's quite obvious from Scripture that Jesus said that He will give us His rest so that we can live a life of rest. Not an hour a day or two hours a day or when you go to bed at night and read a good book and fall asleep, but 24 hours a day, you and I are to be at rest based on the promises of God. It's a spiritual rest. And in Psalms 37, now if you enter into this rest, I guess guarantee you people will think you don't care people will think you're lethargic people will think things about you because you are not going to let anything make you angry fretful anxious fearful or out of sorts have you ever heard that expression now they're just out of sorts well get back in sorts i don't know what sorts are do you know what sorts are I don't know what they are. I remember my mom saying that. Oh, they're just out of sword. I should have asked her. She's in heaven now, but that's all right. Psalms 37, uh, verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Turn to your name and say, you came the right night. Rest in the Lord. and uh, You came the right night. (laughs) Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret because that's anger, anguish, uh, all sorts of to be displeased, to be incensed, to be jealous, to blaze up. Uh, That's what that word fret means, not a word we really use a lot. Uh, And because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Now, the word, the word, uh, it, this word rest is interesting, but this is what it means. Uh, minutia is, minutia, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that. I thought minutia was something else. Well, anyway, minutia. And, and, and the, root, the root of nuash, which basically is where Noah's name came from. And they said that there's a state of rest about Noah. Place of stillness, peace, comfort, Repose. Now, that's a word we don't use a whole lot. It means to be in a state of rest, to have rest in your mind, to have total tranquility, freedom from uneasiness. Turn to that neighbor again and say, you really came the right night. Freedom of uneasiness, rest in the mind, confident trust, and total overwhelming peace and confidence, consolation, a very quiet place to cease, to settle down, and to soothe. Soothe. That's even a word that's a little different to us. My definition, 
I came up with my own definition. To be at total peace and act like the Word of God is truth, and that whatever God said He was going to do, that He will, entering and staying in His total rest by meditating, speaking, and acting like God is in control, and that all is required of me is to do whatever He says while resting comfortably and confidently. You know what? I want to live that. I want to live that. Don't let a situation or circumstance that you cannot control rob you of your emotional stability of the fruit of the Spirit. And every one of us is facing something that is trying to do that right now. Because I believe that's how the devil does it. He walks about as a roaring lion trying to see who he can tap to cause them to lose their rest. And, and the seriousness of it, honey, is, is that the children of God, when they, when they want went into we're going to go into the promised land it starts in numbers chapter 13 uh they would not believe and rest in the promise that god gave them yeah you know um I, the lord gave me a song a couple of years ago i don't know that i've even sung it here but um it says it's in psalm 62 it was from here it says my soul wait silently for god alone and one of those words is to cease uh, i added to to pastor bill's definition uh comfortably confidently and quietly you know uh oftentimes it's it's that we're not silent it, silence is really trusting in god and not saying something we shouldn't say and uh, and in those places that's hard but it says my soul waits silently for god alone for my expectation everybody say expectation my expectation is from him he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. Would you say defense? He's my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation, my glory. The rock of my strength and the refuge is in my God. And uh, that silently, I think, sometimes is um, hard to do. The children of Israel murmured. Everybody say murmured. And sometimes if we start talking about something that we're waiting a long time for, we can begin to murmur, and God wants us to have faith. Everybody say faith. And uh, I remember when uh, I've, I've shared this before, but one day I was coming out of the park at Happy Hollow, and I made the comment to the Lord. This was back when I was turning 60. I said, Lord, you know, I'm too old to actually take over and, and Pastor Bill go travel and meet do this church. And he said, I'm not after you. I'm after your faith. I'm after your faith. Would you say that? He's after my faith. Because faith brings things from heaven to earth. It just does. God shows you that big picture, but that's so your faith will be released to do what God's speaking to us to do. So when it says, my soul, the soul realm is your mind, your will, your emotions, all those things that will take you away from faith. They will, they will pull you out of faith. And so he says, my soul waits silently for God alone. And uh, for my expectation is from him. In other words, whatever's coming, my expectation is not in who's going to make it happen, how it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, when it's going to happen. But my expectation is it's going to happen because God said. And that's the place where that rest comes from. That's a good word, honey. <clears throat> you think people murmur a lot? Well, I've been known to murmur. Have you? Uh -huh. You think men Murmur more than women? Do you think women murmur more than I women? I think women murmur more because they realize something's happening. Really? 
while the men may not realize it for a while. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to go on because I think we have more women here tonight than men. <laughs> I think we just stopped him. Amen. I'll tell you what. We'll take a survey. Okay. How many of you think uh, men murmur more than women? No, they don't. How, oh, I'll tell you right now, this is overwhelming. How many of you think women murmur more than men? Oh, my goodness. Glory to God. I was right in what I thought. But I didn't want to say it. I want I wanted them to be able to, to do it. Yeah, I know. But the murmuring can be good or bad because we do mutter. Now, there's a difference between, I think, murmuring. I'd have to really research it out first. Muttering and murmuring. Muttering is what you do when you walk through the house. And I say, are you muttering or are you talking to me? Yeah. But it's not. Ne- <laughs> but I may not be murmuring. I'm, I'm just talking I'm, to. I'm so. trying to figure out is she just muttering to herself? How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? If you're married, I, I'm trying to figure out is she just muttering to herself or if she's giving me orders? Because if she's giving me orders, in a few minutes she's going to say, "Why didn't you do that?" And I say, "I didn't know you were talking to me. I thought you were talking to yourself." So anyway, I do talk to myself. You do. How many of you, you talk to yourself? Drives me and, wacko. Yeah. And then, but then you know, the Word of God says. That we're to meditate the word, we're to speak the word, and, and, and if you tell people that, they go, well, you can't go around just talking the word. Well, people go around talking all the time anyway to themselves. I hear people in the grocery store, and I've talked to myself, and I've seen them look at me in the grocery store. We, we talk. You know, women talk more. I agree. No kidding. Yeah, but... <laughs> So, you know, but murmuring, murmuring is saying God can't do it. That's what God told me. When you're murmuring, you're saying, you don't believe I can do it. And that's not true. I do believe he can do it. I just am getting moved in my soul. Everybody say in my soul. My soulish realm is starting to let go of what my spirit is saying. Do you know your spirit's at rest all the time? Do you think your spirit gets upset? No, it doesn't. It's your soulish realm that gets upset. Your spirit is there to calm your soulish realm. God knew that we would have trouble with our soulish realm. He wrote a lot about it. But it's our spirit that will bring us to rest. Doesn't it say, be still and know that I am God? Yeah. You know, that's a really good word, honey. Uh, Many times in a message like this, many messages, I, I, I constantly kind of, Think about the the mil- I was in the military years ago, and some of you may have been too. And and in the four years in the military, I loved the military. I really did. Uh, we had reverence for our officers, and 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 it was just it, it was it was really good for me. It was what I needed. When we received orders, we never thought, "Oh, I wonder if this will really work. I wonder if I'll have enough money. I wonder if I'll be able to do this." No, no. You just got your order, and you instantly believe that that is exactly what you're going to do. You never even thought about the money. You never thought about your clothing. You really lived Matthew chapter 6. You never gave a thought about anything other than this is what it says, this is what I'm going to do, and you had total faith and almost a blind allegiance to your military operation of what you're doing. I believe that's the way faith works in the realm of resting in all of the promises of God, whether they're written or whether it's current manna that God has given us in our prayer journals. And and God's ultimate will for each and every one of you, Jesus summed it up by saying in John 10, 10, that I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. God said in Deuteronomy 28, now it shall come to pass if you will diligently, this means to crave, 
and to have strong passion diligently. Now, it will come to pass if you with strong craving passion obey the voice or obey my word, the word of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all that I say or all of my commandments which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all of the nations of the earth, and these blessings will come upon you, and they will overtake you because you obey the voice are the words of your Lord. And that this obeying is the key to really releasing the power of God when we enter into his rest like Abraham did and said, hey, I am fully convinced that whatever God said, he's able to do. I believe that for each and every one of you. I believe there's not probably a person here, even our visitors, we don't maybe know where you are spiritually, but I don't even believe there's a visitor here that would not say, I believe God is, is able to do whatever he said. I am fully convinced. Where the challenge is, is when God speaks to us what he wants us to do about the situation, and then the convincing part can sometimes waver a little bit, are for us to let go of something that we want to fix that God has not called us and showed us how to fix. Does that make sense? Let me see the hands of all the fixers. You want to fix everything. Okay, I, I have good news for you. You can't fix everything, but God can. And that many times he will say to you in loving, kind, careful words, get out of my way and let me do it. <laughs> can you believe that? Yes. And I do believe that um, because of the season that the the world is in, according to the Word of God, there are going to be people that you're going to desperately want to fix yep. what is wrong with them. But if they don't fix it, they will not make it. Yep. Could I say that again? If you keep trying to fix it for them, they're going to miss what they're going to need when times get tougher because you're not going to be there to make it right. God is able to fix all things, and he doesn't always use us, even though that we're the ones that know the most. Have you ever felt like, well, if I don't do it, you know, I mean, I don't know who will do it. They, they need to be rescued. Uh, I wrote a song that God gave me way back in the very beginning. It said, out of the depths of my infinite love, I will rescue you. I will rescue you. Uh, and it's, it's just a beautiful song. It's on our CD. But God told me sometimes rescuing someone is to let them figure it out. Yeah. Is to let them walk it out. Let them go through. Pray. Speak the word. Fight the spiritual battle. But do not fix it. Because it's just like uh, a chicken, you know, or anything that has to find its way out of, like out of an egg. A chicken has to peck that way. You can't just help them get out of that egg. It strengthens them when they come out of that egg. It's the same way sometimes God says they have to do this in order to be strengthened in their own life enough to be able to make it on the other side. You know what? That's a great example that you gave. And also uh, that the first time we were down in Florida and the lady told us about 2 o'clock in the morning that turtles were hatching. I don't know if, if you've ever seen those giant turtles hatch, but, but uh, a lady told us that about 2 in the morning they were going to hatch. We went down there, and sure enough, we got to see about 30, 40 of these turtles hatch, and they had the turtle guy there who's the head turtle man, whatever that means, <laughs> and he walks the beach all night long, and uh, he really does. He's a really wonderful guy, and he's got a little light, and he said, now, don't touch them. You're going to want to touch them, and if one falls over, you're going to want to pick it up, but it will, it will stymie them. They've got to walk from the nest to the water 
to strengthen themselves. Otherwise, they won't be able to swim once they get there. And he's got the flashlight, and he got all these little guys. And, and sure enough, some of them would fall over, and you just had to sit there and watch them and not touch them. And then they, finally they would get up. But they were building their muscles to do that. <clears throat> when I was praying about that scripture, Deuteronomy 28, uh, that word blessing means to be happy, prosperous, successful, and content. And that uh, what dropped in my spirit as I was praying about this out there uh, yes, uh, this morning or yesterday morning was God wants to reward or to bless our obedience, but he does not want to pamper us. Pampering enables people. And sometimes when we get to a point in our life when we have our act together and we're trying to be led by the Holy Spirit and we're trying to live the Word of God, we want everybody else to have what we have, which is natural. So therefore, we try to undergird them, which is not bad, but we try to give them what they need instead of letting them exercise themselves spiritually to grow so that they can stand on their own two feet of faith and not on ours. And we have enabled a lot of people in the world today. And Pam shared it Sunday. It was a great message. If you didn't get it, I'd suggest you get it. But how every generation wants the next generation to be better. But somewhere along the line, we crossed the line not individually, perhaps, but as a whole, that we have given so much that we have not allowed people to experience what the greatest generation in the world experienced and why they were so strong was because they had to fend for themselves. And uh, it can happen that way. Now, in Joshua chapter 1 and chapter uh, 1, verse 13, Joshua said basically the same thing. Remember the word of Moses. Now, get the picture. They're on the, they're on the edge of the promised land, and Joshua is reminding them again, remember the word of Moses, the Lord is giving you rest, and he's giving you the land. Now, continually, honey, they would, would have to be reminded, be at rest, stay restful. And we're going to conclude here in, in Hebrews chapter 3, if you want to turn over there, but it's all summed up in Hebrews chapter 3, when the children of God back in Numbers, when, when Joshua and, and Caleb and the other ten spies went into the promised land, they, they, they both saw the same thing, but ten of the spies tried to figure out how they could handle it. They were not at rest. Joshua and Caleb were at rest, and it's a little bit different for us to wrap our mind around, but the bottom line is God is saying through the Scripture and through the situation with the promised land, the real reason the people did not go into the promised land because they wouldn't rest in what he said. He said it. That should have settled it. But they looked and saw and tried to figure out, and their minds started to get tormented a little bit. And situations and circumstances, we've all been there, where God will begin to show us something to do. It's beyond perhaps what we think is our ability. It's beyond where we are financially. It's beyond where we are and whatever other things, fill in the blanks. But yet, if God said for you to do it, or how he wants you to be, then he already knows that you're equipped and wired to do it. Does that make sense? Turn to your neighbor and say, it makes sense. It, it just makes sense. If God said it, he knows what he's doing. He hasn't made a mistake. But then we start to get into this reasoning process. We lose our rest. We get uptight over that whole situation. 
and uh, and it causes us to stumble. But are you in Hebrews chapter three? It's really powerful what he what he said there. I remember when I first heard this scripture shared out in Tulsa, and I thought, what does rest have to do? with having all the blessings of God. It's the very foundation along with the Word of God to be able to rest in it, honey. Rest means that we believe, and this is what it says in, in verse 3, um, they, they swore, in, uh, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. That was because they did not believe what he had told them, and it has to do with that promise of going into the promised land. Although the works, everybody say, although the works were finished. What does that mean? God had already made a way for it to happen. But they did not rest in the fact that he had done that. And it says, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. In other words, God had already made a way for it to happen. In your life, Psalm Psalm 139 says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And your days were fashioned by the Lord even from your mother's womb. So the same thing is true for us individually from the foundation of the world or from the foundation of your life coming into this world god had a plan everybody say god has a plan and and it is a plan for good and not for evil so therefore we enter into a rest of believing that god is going to accomplish that it says in verse 13 it says uh, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened. Everybody say hardened. You know, when people don't rest, they become hardened oftentimes. They build a shell to protect themselves or a shell of hardness that God's never going to do it. Or the circumstances become so great that they build this this fortress around their heart. And pretty soon, they're not. They, it says they'll enter into deceitfulness of sin. There'll be things that pull them off of the will and plan of God. And so that's why it's so important that we stay in this state. You know, we're going to read, uh, we're going to start here in verse number 16 in Hebrews because it's uh, verse number, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. I'm going to read from there down. But uh, this is the key for all of the promises of God for you. Once you have the promise and the Holy Spirit shows you what that is, then you know what you can stand on. And and I would have to say that one of the most difficult things for me as a pastor has been to hear what I think God said, to see manifestations of it, yet never be able to see it completed. And this is specifically talking about land. But this applies to health, this applies to relationships, this applies to everything in your life, what we're just about to read. That once you know what it is, you have to enter into his rest. And where I have really struggled in this area is over our building. I really have. And thank God for all of you that have encouraged me and sent me notes and driven by the building. And matter of fact, put a a picture up for the visitors and, and, and all. And that every time... Every time I go down there and drive around the building, the guards know me now and wave at me and, and uh, say, we're going to get this building. Oh, okay, whatever. And, you know, I just drive by. And, and every time I visit the mayor and talk to him, I feel, well, it's going to be something else. It just never, ever seems to happen. I know what I felt I heard. I know what I wrote down. And when I look with my spiritual eyes, I see that building. It looks exactly like that. It is Victory Christian Center. 
But when I look with my spiritual eyes, I see that. When I look with my natural eyes, I see Landis and Gear. I see the mayor saying, no way. I see the city attorney saying, nope, we're not going to do that. And then I close my eyes again and think, I think I'll just walk around with my eyes closed because it sure looks a whole lot better. I'm reminding of Dr. Cho, remind, reminded of Dr. Cho over in Seoul, Korea, who many years ago when he first started out thought, thought God told him he'd have the largest church in the world, which he did have at one time. I think he still does. I'm not sure. I know he's retired now. But, uh, but when he first started preaching in a Marine Corps tent, uh, he preached with his eyes closed. And the people came up to him afterward and said, why do you, Cho, why do you, why do you preach with your eyes closed? He said, God told me I would have the largest church in the world. When I opened my eyes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. When I close my eyes, I see the largest church in the world. <laughs> But you know, honey, it's a fight for all of us. I don't want any of you to think we've arrived. It's something we will fight all of our lives. But but this is what it says, and it's so important to be at rest. You know when you're at rest because you look in that mirror, and you can see somebody's at rest. You look in that mirror, and you see this haggard look coming back at you. You have probably not entered into the rest that God has for you. It says, For who have heard and rebelled? Again, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now, with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? He, he associates rest with obedience. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, lest us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word of God, which they heard, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed have entered that rest, as he has said. So I swore in my wrath, they will not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. That's what you read earlier. For he who has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his works, and again in this place they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he's associating people who will not rest with disobedience. Again, he designates a certain day, saying in David, Today, after such a time as it has been said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not have afterward have spoken of another day. There remains a rest for the people of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, That's us. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God who have, who, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. In other words, we're going to do what God showed us to do, but we're going to cease from doing what God is going to do. And we're going to let God do what he said he's going to do. 
that is a whole different way of thinking from even the way we've been trained to work and to do and make things happen. But in the spiritual realm, this is exactly what God's saying. And that's what Jesus said when he said, it is finished. What he was saying is, those works are done. And it says, he entered into heaven, and he is seated. You know, he sat down, it actually says in Hebrews chapter 10. And he sat down. What does that mean? He rested because the work was done. And so God wants us to rest that same way that the work is done as far as what God has promised. Now, we have to walk out that that work in the earth. And that's why Paul said, I have fought the good fight, which was the fight of faith, which faith has the rest. Because that's what it says in Hebrews, that they failed to believe. They failed to stay in faith. And therefore, they could not enter into the rest. <clears throat> you know, in the garden, <clears throat> man was not, originally man was not called to work. Uh, he was called just to guard the garden, to keep the garden. And uh, it was after the fall when God said, you will work and you will sweat. And that the whole premise of God was that God was going to create this universe and that man would have dominion over everything and that he would subdue it and that everything would be under his creation. And that if we ever enter into that lifestyle of just resting in whatever he said, we would never be, I know it sounds redundant, but we would never be without rest. What did God say? I'm resting in it. Well, what about this or what about that? How many of you are ever around people who say, well, what about this and what about that? I don't know what about this and what about that, but I know this. I am resting in what God has shown me, so therefore I'll be okay. And if that can flow from us to other people, it will set people free. And perhaps if we rested... Uh, in the fact that God has us in the palm of his hand, that he knows where we are and that we are going to accomplish what God says, we wouldn't get up every morning saying, i got to go to work. It would be a blessing to us to be able to do whatever God's given us to do that day because we would know our sources in him. Or we just call our boss, say, I'm entering into his rest, just send me the check. I won't be in again. <laughs> Okay, now, I'll, I'll look, do that. Let's look. You won't mind, will you? No, 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 no. Heather might. Heather, come and get you. Heather's not here. Now, let's look at, the, at these two verses. We're going to close with these because it is really important. There isn't a single person here that wants to be disobedient to God, not a one of you. I believe that. But if you do not enter into his rest and stay there, you are being disobedient to God. Now, do we sometimes come out of it? Sure. That's where grace is. That's where forgiveness is. But a lot of times people try to justify their lack of rest based on all of the situations that are going around the, on around them that they can't control or that they can't do anything about. That is not an excuse to lose your rest. But a lot of people will try to make an excuse, well, yeah, but you don't know what's going on in my life. And then somebody else says, yeah, but you don't know what's going on in my life. And pretty soon you're all going downhill. Uh, what we have to do is live the word. Tell your neighbor, I, all I have to do is live the word. All I have to do is live the word. That is really what we're responsible to do. And it's the word that the Holy Spirit confirms to you. And now in verse number 11, honey, this is so powerful. We were talking about this today. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall 
according to the same example of obedience. He's talking to us today, and he's saying, listen, the children of God have the ability to have all of my promises, but they would not rest. And if you're not careful, the same thing is going to happen to you. That's exactly what this verse says. And then in verse number 12, it's a verse that we all know about the power of the Word of God, but really what leads up to verse 12 is make sure you're resting because if you don't, you could miss it just like the ten spies did that gave the evil report because they wouldn't rest. They were trying to figure out, no, we can't do it because there are more giants in the land than there are of us, and they're bigger than us, and we can't do it even though God said, I'm giving you the land. I cannot tell you how many times, thanks for Laurel Hassett and the little plaque that I have on my desk, uh, years ago, I don't know how many years ago it's been, we've been on this thing for seven years now on this building, and uh, it, says my, it was what God dropped in, in, my, in my prayer journal, in my spirit, it said, my hand is going to move on your behalf, you're going to know it was my hand that moved, the whole church is going to know, and the entire community is going to know that it was my hand that moved. And, and she made a little plaque for me, and it sits right on my desk. And there are times, I can tell you, I look at, I look at that plaque like this. <laughs> yeah, what else? What, whatever. Have you, that's kind of a turn. Yeah, whatever. And then I repent and say, God, I'm really sorry. But, but there are times we have to make ourselves focus and say, I refuse to look at what I see. I'm going to look at what I believe. Yes, because your words are bringing it to pass. Yeah. Your faith is pulling it in. And uh, it's, it's, it's what we have to do for God. It was the last time I felt, I told him I was going to go see the mayor again. And, and I don't just go see the mayor because I like him. I do like him. He's a nice guy. But, but the, the Lord said, I want you to go see the mayor again. Oh, God. I don't want to do that. Can I see the hands of all the people who have ever said that? I'm sure I'm the only one, but oh God, I don't want to do that. Who in the right mind would yeah, tell God? What good will it do? Who in your, the right mind would tell God you don't want to do what he wants you to do? But that's exactly how I felt. Oh, whatever. And then I, when I came out, it was just like, okay, God, I told you. No, I didn't, I didn't say that. But that's what I thought. It's just like, okay, I've got to shove this down. Am I making sense to any of you? I've got to shove this thing down because I know what I want to say. I'm going to mix it with profanity and everything else. And that's the old man. I know that's wrong, but I am not going to do that. I am at total peace. Can I see the hands of all the people who have ever felt like that? Verse number 12, that this is our reward. This is what we have. Go ahead, honey. You want to read that? Go ahead. For the Word of God, uh, the Word of God is living, is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I am fully assured that if I wrote down what God said correctly, He is well able to do it if I stay out of the way. Amen. And we don't know. It says in Hebrews 11, many people died in faith but had not seen the promise. Hey, but, how do I process that? Well, we're not going to die. But we're going <laughs> to see. you're talking about the land. No, we're going to see the promises. But we have to be prepared to pay the price That's to right. walk by faith. It may be for another generation. It may be for somebody else, but we have to stay on it because the assignment is from God. It's something God wants to do. We get to participate, 
but it's God's plan. It's his will. And so it's that love for God and that obedience just because we love him and we trust him. And I'm preaching to myself, certainly, as well as the rest of us. Uh, but that's what causes us to overcome. We sang that song tonight, Overcome. Jesus, Savior. It's because of him that we do that. And that's what we have to keep at the forefront in order to enter that rest. I believe the fight that we fight is to rest. I believe the fight that we fight is to believe no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, and no matter how long it takes to get here. That's a good word, honey. Let's stand to our feet. You know, there are three things that I was going to sum up here. Number one, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were total rest until Adam entertained a thought and Eve entertained a thought not to rest in what the Word of God was for them. And, and they lost it. They didn't live the Word. The entire Old Covenant is full of, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. They would not live the Word of God as He gave it to them individually, and they would continually go into captivity. The new covenant that we live in today, we have everything we have need of, everything. Yet all over this world, nation after nation after nation is falling because they are not living the intent of the Word of God. It's so easy to come back. Bow your heads with me just for a moment. Tonight, I want to pray for anyone that maybe has never accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here tonight and you, you don't know where you would spend eternity if you died tonight. God loves you, but Jesus is the key for eternity. And if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, don't wait another moment. Maybe you're here and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter. You know you've walked away from the things of God. You know your life is not right with God. Let tonight be the night you come home. And if I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to take just a moment let the Holy Spirit move. Now, the Holy Spirit is moving right now. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you that this message is for you regarding eternal salvation. It's because he loves you and he's trying to show you to come back to the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But tonight I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart, take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you, to be all that you've called me to be.